Hi, and welcome back to Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own, the podcast dedicated to the book of the same name. And this part of the season's production has been slower for a few reasons, so I'm sorry about that. I'm just coming off a two-week vacation in which I saw all of my East Coast family for the first time since COVID started, so it's been a year and a half plus. So most all of them are vaccinated, except for two of them who happen to be healthcare workers, which is sort of unbelievable, but I really hope that you are safe and vaccinated. I'm recording this as the Delta variant is tearing through the unvaccinated segment of the population, and it's really sad to see. But we still need to take care of ourselves and keep on trucking, so here I am to record this episode today. Uh, I'm still planning on holding my mastermind retreat in October, and that's October 24th through the 28th in beautiful Palm Springs, California. It's at a small boutique hotel in my neighborhood in Palm Springs, and I still have a few rooms left. Whether you want to share your room or even your bed with a friend or not. So a vaccinated friend, hopefully. Okay. So for more information, head to the retreat page on my website, which is tiredsuperheroin.com forward slash retreat. Tired Superheroine has an E at the end, of course. And I've added CME to the event. So your employer can actually pay for this wellness retreat for you via your CME fund. The CME portion is going to offer up to six Category 1 AMA uh, PRA Category 1 credits, and that is offered through Rush University. So I'm super excited to be working with them. And basically, physician wellness, education, and lifelong connections are going to take place at this extremely unique and beautiful retreat. So please don't miss out. I don't know if this will ever happen again. Uh, It's a pretty large lift for one person. I'm trying to get some help, but uh, this may be the one and only retreat. So don't miss out and don't think you're going to wait till the next one because it may not happen. This is a very unique experience. So head to tiredsuperheroin.com forward slash retreat to get all the details that you might be wondering about, like the yummy food, the educational offerings, the unique benefits of this particular retreat to you, and you know their benefits extend to your career and to your mental state, which benefits everybody around you. Um, so it's going to be really fun, and please share this opportunity with anyone you think could use some rest and brilliant like-minded community members around them you know other women in male-dominated fields so one final time i'll tell you that website is tiredsuperheroine.com forward slash retreat and to reserve a spot you can email me directly at tiredsuperheroine at gmail.com. This will be a personalized experience from start to finish. So this is a little teeny retreat, guys. This week's episode is based on chapter six of my book, Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own, Finding Your Place in Medicine. It's called Nix the Naysayers. I've always appreciated this word because it's so apt when you're joining a male-dominated field like medicine or a STEM career. All sorts of people can be naysayers, whether they mean to or not. And so I find it an interesting word in that it's sort of a neutral sounding word relative to what it means. I find this interesting because a naysayer can 
wish you well. They can actually be somebody who thinks they are helping you, all the while they are discouraging you from your intended path or giving you terrible advice sometimes based on projections from their own career or what they have perceived in others' experience. Like, it baffles me to no end when a male physician discourages a female student or trainee from a certain field, saying that it's not good for having a family. Like, what does that even mean? You know, everybody has families of different sizes and shapes. Some people have fur babies. You know, some people have... There are many different structures to a family. So, you know, just that word in and of itself makes some assumptions, I think, when we use it that way. Uh, But many of these statements are grounded in outdated gender norms. And in fact, there are plenty of fantastic docs I know who are also great moms or parts of great families. And the two are in no way mutually exclusive. So it's even worse when this kind of advice hits you and you're a person who doesn't want kids or a person who doesn't even have a partner or any way to procreate, or you don't even know if you're capable of procreating or whether that's something you'd be interested in in the future. The list of objections really goes on to this kind of advice. You know, people think that they're helping and oftentimes they're speaking completely out of turn and making all sorts of assumptions, which may or may not be true about you. As an attending, Some of the naysaying has thankfully slowed down, at least for me, where I'm located. So maybe I'm lucky. And here I would say your environment matters a lot as well. So naysayers can really affect what you believe is possible for yourself, especially if you're exposed to this kind of discouragement and misinformation over time it's really important to realize that that can affect you and your success over time. So even if you're advanced in your training or you're an attending like me, consider whether you're letting other people's opinions get in the way of your success, your progress, and your happiness. Because that's not allowed in my book. It's not allowed in my physical or my metaphorical book. And I hope it's not in yours either. With that, I'd like to read you an excerpt from the book once again. So this is chapter six. And it's called Nix the Naysayers. As I alluded to earlier, once I had decided on my subspecialty, I waited before telling others in my residency program. I think it's because in a way I felt unworthy. I doubted myself as a budding IR, interventional radiologist, And I was afraid of what others would say. It felt like I had to be absolutely certain about my choice before I could share it with others. I secretly wondered, would people think I was smart enough to be an interventional radiologist? Would people laugh at me when I told them my plans? Would they feel sorry for me, thinking I would never fit in or be respected in my field? If this sounds familiar, maybe you are doubting yourself or stalling in sharing your aspirations with others, but expressing interest in your field is key to learning as much as you can during medical school and training. Not only that, but it's also integral to building the support system you'll need in order to apply for the program or position that you desire. In waiting, 
to declare yourself, you put yourself at a disadvantage compared to those who declare their interests sooner. Though I may have indulged in self-doubt longer than I should have, I don't entirely blame myself. That's because even today, women who operate still encounter paternalistic and outdated ideas in medicine. Even in the 2020s, female trainees are told, quote, you can't practice or match into or succeed in, insert competitive male-dominated field, if you're female. Maybe you find this statement preposterous, or maybe you've heard some version of it yourself. The truth is, procedural fields like interventional radiology and surgery are about deft hands, good judgment, and working well under pressure, not about your gender. Succeeding in these fields doesn't depend on the length of your hair, the color of your skin, or the gods you bow to. It just doesn't. Don't be surprised if you encounter these myths. A common myth I encounter is that the surgically oriented fields are too physical for women. And while it's true that they can require standing for long periods of time, women have done this for eons. I may stand for one to three hours during a complex limb revascularization case. Compare that to your teachers growing up who stood all day. I'm guessing they were predominantly female and they had no trouble doing that. It's true that during some kinds of surgery, a lead or equivalent apron can add weight and potential strain on your body. That's why it's important that this garment fits you properly, regardless of your size and dimensions. This helps to avoid associated musculoskeletal problems like back pain down the line. The problem is, as students and residents rotate through and, quote, try on the specialty, there may not be an appropriately sized garment to borrow, especially if they are petite, which leaves them with an ill-fitting apron and clinical experience sometimes. In addition to properly fitted lead, GERD ergonomics and core strength can help prevent physical strain in men and women alike. Another common myth is that radiation is bad for women. My field and others like it use fluoroscopy or live x-ray to help us navigate through the body. Unfortunately, misinformation and fear about radiation can deter interested women from procedural fields like mine. Although a full discussion of radiation safety is beyond the scope of this book, suffice it to say that women have operated in this way for decades without deleterious effects to themselves or their children. The SIR's online pregnancy toolkit contains resources including safety data, best practices for radiation protection, and postpartum resources too. It can be found at https colon forward slash forward slash surweb.org forward slash practice dash resources forward slash toolkits forward slash pregnancy dash toolkit forward slash. So that applies uh, no matter what field you're looking into, whether it's orthopedics, vascular surgery, or some other field that might use fluoroscopy, okay? You can use that toolkit. So that's as a side note. Other fields that commonly use fluoroscopy include interventional cardiology, vascular surgery, and orthopedics, for example. Operators in these fields wear radiation protection in all cases where fluoro is used. When the usual precautions are taken, the dose to the fetus of a pregnant woman can be so low as to be undetectable. In reality, everyone working with fluoroscopy benefits from taking appropriate precautions, using protective equipment, and keeping the radiation dose as low as reasonably achievable, which is known by the acronym ALARA. Elitism. Other misconceptions about the procedural fields center around the competitiveness of securing a training position. 
I've still heard the idea circulating that students shouldn't pursue certain specialties if they are an immigrant or if they are not from a physician family. However, many physicians in competitive fields are immigrants. I myself am a daughter of Eastern European immigrants and the first American doctor in my family. Dr. Josef Roche was the one who pioneered the TIPS procedure, transjugular intrahepatic portosystemic shunt, and he was a Czech immigrant who came to work at the Daughter Institute. He left an indelible mark through his work at the famed Daughter Institute, which was the birthplace of my field, interventional radiology. Our field and others like it are built in part on the sweat and ingenuity of people like him. As an Armenian immigrant coming from a Caribbean medical school, Dr. Anna Gasparian faced similar attitudes on the road to becoming a vascular surgeon. As a student, she was told, quote, no one will ever take you seriously. You will never become a surgeon. Despite the put downs, she pressed on. During her surgical residency, she became interested in vascular surgery, but because of her low in-service exam scores, she says, the chair of her department discouraged her. Quote, be satisfied that you'll be a general surgeon. You don't need to do a fellowship. Vascular surgery is not for ladies. In spite of his remarks, Dr. Gasparian found support in her program director, a fellowship-trained colorectal surgeon. Quote, she was very supportive and said, if you want it, go for it. Sifting through, quote, advice. Sometimes discouraging words can be more subtle, masquerading as advice. Hannah Claude, a third-year medical student, is still affected by an episode that occurred the first time she entered the procedure suite. She recounts, quote, I was completely doe-eyed, caught up in the hustle and bustle of what was happening. It was awesome. I was asking everyone questions, not just the residents and attendings, but the techs and ancillary staff too. Everyone has an interesting take on what's going on. Long story short, I got some advice that IR isn't really what I want to do, that it's a lot of work and it's tiring. Unsure how to process this comment, she brushed it off at the time, but she continued. Whenever I see that person in attending, he still asks, you still want to do IR? In an incredulous tone, as if to imply, quote, I warned you. And that has stuck with me. She went on to doubt her own perceptions, saying, quote, maybe I'm too impressionable, or maybe this person has a point. He's been in IR for maybe 20 years, and it's hard to know who to trust or how much to take stock of other people's perspectives. When examining the comments through the lens of potential sexism, Hannah reflected, it's hard to say if he would say that if I were a man. I feel like maybe he still might have. He's an ex-Marine and he's cool. He'd teach me stuff on the back table without me asking. Maybe that's why our conversation that day stuck with me, because he was one of the few people who introduced himself and didn't turf me to the side. It seemed like he cared, but also he was like, quote, IR is busy and hard. Do something else. Something like anesthesia. Now that's a great career. Personally, I've witnessed this grass is greener attitude among seasoned docs from time to time. A number of factors can underlie this attitude, a common one being burnout. It's possible the physician in Hannah's story feels trapped in the wrong job or hasn't found his own personal balance, but in projecting his woes on Hannah, he leaves her confused and questioning the future. 
In reflecting on the dilemma presented by his comments, she explains, quote, I'm not afraid of hard. I'm afraid of unhappiness. When thinking through your own career choices, it's important to realize that no job or specialty can determine your happiness on its own. Many other variables will contribute, and the particular issues or challenges faced by one attending don't necessarily have any bearing on you or your future. So be aware of this phenomenon and remember, unhappy attendings can unwittingly project their baggage onto you. With an impressive degree of insight, Hannah expresses what we are all afraid of, And her statement gets at the heart of the matter for many female trainees. Sometimes they must scrutinize the advice they receive and discard it if it doesn't seem to fit. Teasing apart the advice you receive can take extra bandwidth, but separating useful advice from the unuseful is a worthwhile skill to learn. I recall personally ruminating over an unhelpful, unsolicited opinion as I prepared for my first Ironman triathlon. Completing an Ironman was a dream of mine since childhood, when my dad and I would watch it together on TV. Like the challenge of becoming a doctor, I saw the Ironman competition as a way to train myself to be the best I could be and to test the edges of my limits. The race and the people who attempted it inspired me, and I wanted to see if I could complete the 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike course, and 26.2-mile marathon myself. Several months into my training, an out-of-shape coworker told me I had no business doing an Ironman and that it should be reserved for elite athletes. I was taken aback at his discouragement. Why did he even care what I did or whether I belonged in the race or not? Using his rebuke as fuel, I plowed through the final months of training and relished my accomplishment at the finish line. It was one of the best days of my life and I'm so glad I didn't let his opinions get in the way. Like training for an Ironman, becoming a proceduralist or surgeon can be grueling mentally and physically. Some of us pursue these careers not in spite of the fact that they're demanding, but in part because of the challenge involved. And if you're like Dr. Agnes Solberg, an interventionalist in North Dakota, the rebel in you may even be encouraged by a naysayer's words. She shared, quote, since I was a little girl, I've wanted to accomplish things that I wasn't allowed to do was told I could not do or that were for boys. So instead of tennis, I played rugby. I learned to snowboard before it was cool for girls. I joined the army. On top of the inherent difficulties of becoming a woman who operates, some may try to dissuade you or tell you you don't belong. So if you know you want to practice in a male-dominated field, prepare to dismiss some naysayers along the way. You can learn to dodge their misguided advice and strengthen your inner voice enough to drown them out. My favorite question in this chapter, in the Spill Your Guts section is, what obstacles do you foresee in your path in medicine? It's my favorite because answering that has become a lifelong pursuit for me. It's the focus of all my writing on the blog at tiredsuperheroine.com. How do you approach these obstacles? Who do you ask for help? And how, how do you get through them? And how do you thrive in medicine in spite of these obstacles? Some may see an obstacle like motherhood colliding with a demanding procedurally oriented specialty with emergency call. But depending on what you choose to do in life, these stressors are also where the magic happens. For example, 
I decide whether to batch could batch cook my kid some vegetables so that I can freeze them for later use. I decide if he can accompany me to the hospital for a five minute thoracentesis and behave himself. I decide which amazing caregivers in my community might care for my child when both my husband and I are working. And I get to decide how I feel about all of this, whether to feel guilty, like our culture says that I should, or whether to see it as a learning experience that enriches my child's life and our lives, me and my husband's lives as well. So it's up to you, not them. It's your life. So this week, in closing, let's raise a middle finger to all the naysayers and continue on the right path, the path for you, the path you've chosen to save lives and enjoy your own.